the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And we are back. I do believe this is perhaps episode six. Six. For the battle for 1600. And why do we have it co-hosted by Boris Epstein? Because he just came from 1600, Pennsylvania. That's how plugged in he is. He is, of course, <laughs> Boris Epstein. He is on the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign. Former special assistant to President Trump. My former colleague in the White House. And you, I just every day... I get messages, DMs, emails about how you love this extra podcast that's separate from our show and focused on just the next 236 days. Who knows what happens afterwards? We shall see. We have a special guest coming to join us as usual today. Um, you're looking very natty. I do like that vest with the right. lapels. Very smart, I, very smart. Yeah, the finished vest. Uh, yeah, kind of finished that's vest. very unusual. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know who just I saw wearing that in the same color? Sean Connery in Goldfinger. Very, very stylish. Wow, I'll, t- I'll take old that. School, old school, old uh, school. Boris, so we have so much to discuss. Yes. Um, let's talk about, before we get to the hysteria surrounding coronavirus, we, we owe our listeners, the viewers, the podcast listeners, an update on the state of the race right. in what we've come to call the struggle bus, the clown car on the Democrat dumpster side. Fire. The dumpster fire. The mobile dumpster fire. <laughs> There's some shenanigans going on there. A bit of malarkey to quote Joe Biden. Um, it's not, I mean, they make it sound, Boris, don't they, in the mainstream media, as if Bernie's out of the question. They He's do. got no chance. What's the truth? The truth is that Bernie does have an uphill battle. The truth is that now, with everyone else but Tulsi Gabbard, God bless her soul, who still technically is, she's in it, but they've dropped out. And, of course, the DNC rigged the debate against her. Again. And she's not able to participate in the March 15th debate, which is going to be next next week, uh, I guess on Sunday. It'll be on Sunday. The debate's on Sunday in Arizona. So she's not participating. But the debate now is less of a debate and more of a, I guess, seated academic back and forth because... The Biden campaign, in a shocker, requested that the debate is not standing, but it's seated. So Joe Biden has, did, that, has that ever happened? You know, there have been think, interviews. I remember the vice president being interviewed seated, Mike Pence. But have we had debates? You know, we'll ask Jason Miller, who's going to be joining us. Jason, he just very gave good. it away. Jason Miller will be with us. We will. We'll ask him. I will. And, and, and Jason's a friend and a colleague of ours from the campaign, uh, senior communications advisor from the campaign, and he's very good with that kind of history. So we'll ask him. Sorry to give, a, give away no the, problem. Give away You're the, the surprise the guest. There you go. So, and I appreciate that. He will talk to us about it. I seem to remember, I think, in the general, there have been some seated debates. Okay. I maybe think a couple of the VP debates – 
but we'll talk more about it and and um and we'll see but but, but this it's is almost so unheard of transparent in the, in the primary it's transparent because why do you think sleepy tired great 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 grandpa joe wants to sit because he's exhausted he can't do any event longer than 7 to 15 minutes he can't not have a gaffe he's La- a total last disaster week, last week he was on a morning show at 10 a.m. where he called the host by the wrong name and he on live TV. So how do you said, do it so early? He said, "Yeah, how, this. Well, I've done back to back, and it's so early. What, 10 a.m. and 10 a.m. And it wasn't as it was just a, some a random morning, you know, local TV station. <laughs> it was Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, right. and then Fox Sunday Show with Chris Wallace, right? And he goes when he was all sitting with Chris. He goes with Chris Wallace. He goes, see you, Chuck. And Wallace goes." Uh, it's, yeah, it's Chris, Chris Wallace. It's Chris, right. you know? So these are names. Chuck Todd and Chris Wallace, they're names. So Biden is not doing well. Bernie has an uphill battle, but there's always a but. What's the but, Boris? If Biden really destroys himself in this debate, no matter what happens in, you know, we're here on, no matter what happens tonight in the primary vote, if Biden does a really bad job, you could see him not getting a majority of the delegates he needs and to go into convention, and then all hell can break Contested. loose. Contested. And then, as we've talked about here before, the one, the only crooked Hillary Clinton could come <laughs> out of the shadows, and based on what she's been saying lately, she's been going after Bernie. The Hulu documentary. She's refusing to endorse Biden. It sure does seem like she wants to keep lurking. All right. So that's the state of the Democratic race. Now, Biden is the prohibitive frontrunner at this point. But let me remind you and our listeners and viewers, he was also the prohibitive frontrunner three months ago. Correct. And then he became an also-ran because he did so badly. Right. So who knows what's going to happen because if he's sort of like, you know, if you have a team in football, we'll use a football analogy, an American football analogy. You have a team and they're leading the division, but really, you know, they are, they have a bad defense, they have a bad offense, they have a terrible special teams, and they sort of everyone else is so bad. They happen to be leading their division or conference. That doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl because they could still have a lot of bad losses. Correct. And that's what Joe Biden is. He's a bad team. He's Boris Epstein. Follow him right now. Boris EP, Trump 2020 campaign advisory board member, former special assistant to President Trump. If I were Bernie, not a sentence I use frequently, uh, I would let Biden continue to stumble in the debates, whether he's seated, whether he's standing, and then... What I would do proactively is to press those little buttons that trigger him. Because more and more, we're going to show a video right that. now. Um, Joe Biden clearly has anger issues. Yeah. This is the freshest video from a visit to a factory. These are the people in hard hats and safety vests that Scranton Joe says he represents. And uh, this old man got into it on gun issues and challenge somebody whose vote he theoretically wants to a fight. So it's quite remarkable. Let's roll the video and the audio. Play cut. You can see the, it's, you can see the subtitles. Now, now, there's Josh. Josh, I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. From the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. I'm not taking your gun away at all. 
You need 100 rounds and you're doing a video and you say you're going to take our gun. I did not say that. That's not I did not say that. It's a viral video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out. They're saying they're lying. Your voice, you said that you're taking a gun. Well, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. Take the AR, the AR-14s. This is not okay. Hold on, hold on. Hey, let's keep moving. There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys want to take a break. Give me a break. You're going to be such a worry Hey, 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 hey. Look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Are you, are you able to own a, a, a machine gun? I own a machine gun. I said, are you able to own one? Machine gun's illegal. That's right. Some rare 15s are legal. I was out of the machine gun. No, it's not. Yeah, do you, do you need 100 rounds? Do you need 100 rounds? So just a couple of gems from that video. Number one, there's no such thing as an AR-14, Joe Biden. Number one, does not exist. There are M-14s and AR-15s. And when you're trying to be on the campaign trail, calling potential voters horses asses and saying, pal, let's take this outside, uh, kind of reminds me of an incident I had at the Rose Garden, but not smart in politics. Is it Baron Boris? The Baron says, <laughs> that is a loser. <laughs> Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Loser move. What are you? First of all, I think that younger guy in a hard hat would absolutely destroy great, great, great Grandpa Joe outside. Okay, She's not smart. What are you doing? You're ready to be this guy's president. And that's what he said. You're working for me. Yeah. You're, supposedly, Joe Biden's been a public servant. For 44 years. For 44 years. Right. So he's running to be this guy's president. He's trying to beat him up because the guy believes in the Second Amendment. Is that a way to get elected president in the United States? And that's why I'll tell you, as a firm complete supporter of the president. I would rather run against Joe Biden than, than Bernie Sanders any given day. And I'll tell you why. Why? I'm curious. Bernie, as we've talked about, has a movement behind him. Yes. He has an authenticity There's no behind Biden him. Move. You know what? Even though his beliefs are wrong and his policies are wrong, nevertheless, he has authenticity around him and he hasn't lost his mind. But what about the other argument that is made that the clearest comparison, the clearest juxtaposition between what Donald Trump and MAGA represents, free markets, individual liberty, and the extreme left-wing party that the Democrats have become would be clearest if it's Donald Trump, the 45th president, and Bernie Sanders, the Bolshevik who honeymooned in the Soviet Union, side by side. What do you think of that argument? So that is a good argument, but there's another part to it. What about trade? Where even though Bernie Sanders' policies are 95% totally wrong and they're total lunacy, on trade, the, the Bernie views and the MAGA views actually align. They overlap. Right. Because right. okay? they're both based on populism and protecting U.S. workers. Uh, correct. Right. And that is why, as we know, in 2016, Donald Trump got a lot of Bernie voters. Yes. So this time around. That's why uh, between 20 and 30 percent of people going to the president's rallies are Democrats. Correct. So this time around, if you have Biden running, who has no authenticity, no movement, and who's turning off those populists who are with Bernie, that is, mu that is better for President Trump. Now, I think President Trump beats both handily. Because you're going to see mainline, if, if Bernie's somehow the nominee, you'll have mainline Democrats vote for President Trump. Yes. But if Biden is nominee, there's going to be actually Van Jones said this on CNN. You're going to have the John Kerry problem. 
a candidate who's so uninspiring. Yes. Who's so unattractive. Doesn't excite anybody. Not exciting at all. They'll stay home. But a candidate in Biden who gets angry at people. And this guy who got angry at the factory represents the Bernie folks in a lot of ways. It's a yes. hard. It's a hard-working American right. who I don't know what he believes, but you could you could think that the Bernie folks would align themselves more with a worker like that yes. than the Biden folks, whoever they are. They're rich well, and they're hanging out in Bethany, well, Delaware at the beach, right. and they're drinking their mint juleps or whatever they're doing. <laughs> they're the establishment, right? They're the establishment, which so, is which is now a racist term. I heard it is. Yeah, have you you not heard that? If on, you, if you call Biden establishment, that's a racist term because that means you're attacking the blacks that vote for Biden. I also heard that calling the virus that originated in Wuhan, China, the Wuhan virus is racist. And also, Curb Your Enthusiasm on Sunday, which is actually a really funny show, the Larry David show. What, what did they They have? said that there was a joke about Lazy Susan being, you know, the thing in yeah, the middle they, of the table. The Chinese restaurants. The, right. That's that's racist, too, now. You're supposed to say it's the indefinable Susan. <laughs> oh and Susan. But in all seriousness, Joe Biden is a very weak, very uninspiring, very, you know, not, not creative candidate. Yes. And is a candidate who has an obvious anger problem. And you know what is this anger problem? We've both, you know, I had grandparents who lived to be older, some of their friends I knew. And you, when somebody older gets angry, you could kind of tell, and that's what this looks like. Grumpy old man. This looks like a grumpy they, old they guy. They made movies about it. Right. Funny movies. Great Wolf movies. Wolf of Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon, hilarious. Very hilarious. Good. And Margaret, my gosh, indeed. Sophia Loren in the second one. Yes. Movie? Yes. Wow. All right, stop it. Let's talk about what this show is about. It is the battle for 1600. We had to give you the update of what's happening on the left. We're going to talk to Jason Miller, what's happening with Team MAGA. But we cannot avoid the hysteria. The Wuhan virus, the coronavirus, COVID-19, this is having an effect on the markets here in the United States. Italy is now quarantined incredibly. They want to have all kinds of measures when it comes to international air travel. Uh, Certain schools I received today from one of our producers, uh, one of my colleagues at Salem, that Harvard is now taking action even though yeah, nobody... What's the word on that, on Harvard? Is yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll read the, the note I got that they're going to, like Stanford, go to um, remote classes, is my understanding, even though nobody at Harvard has actually been found to be infected. I like so, how you say Harvard. Harvard. Just, just like the Boston people say it. Park the car. And Harvard Yard. Right. <laughs> I like it. Very hey, I went to Harvard for a year, so I'm allowed to. Oh, allowed you to. did with all those libs. Oh, it was awful. It was during the, the Clinton impeachment, and it was just insane. It was such a hive. That I couldn't get out. I had a fellowship, and I could not get out of there That's fast funny. enough. That was uh, back in the end of the 90s, long time ago. So uh, you're a former finance guy. You're a political guy. You're a commentator, analyst on the advisory board. A lot board of hats. A lot of, lot of hats. A lot of hats. Uh, advisory board of the Trump campaign. Uh, you First, your take, the Barron's take on everything that we've experienced in the last week or two when it comes to COVID-19, the Wuhan virus. Here's my take. And there was a, there was a very, very helpful briefing with the vice president and the corona, uh, coronavirus task force that I was honored to be a part of. That was last week. Last week. Yeah. I was honored to be a part of last week. And Ambassador Debbie Burks was there, who's led our effort against HIV AIDS, a doctor, a clinician, a physician. And Here's the message, and the message is true today as it was a week ago. The message is, we cannot panic. This is 
is, this is a real issue, but the severity of it is actually unknown. And unknown means it's not necessarily worse or better than the regular flu. We just don't quite know yet. Now, here's what I am seeing. What I'm seeing is that there are significant numbers in the U.S., but there are still under 1,000 of cases, and I believe about 20 deaths, right? 22. Yeah. And that's horrible, and we mourn those people. But how many deaths from the flu already this year? 16,000. 16,000. So the predictions of hundreds of thousands of deaths in the U.S., I am not a doctor. I did not stay at the Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> I am not going to claim to know, you know what the genetic makeup of this, of, of this virus is. But just as, a, as, as an educated American, I'll tell you this. My thought is this, the, this thing. Not just an educated American, a guy who was in the same room as the vice president last week who's the point person for the virus. So don't do yourself down, my friend. Okay. okay. So, somebody so you got more a, information than most. Okay. Somebody who has a view on this. Right. I'll tell you that my takeaway and what I'm telling my family, my friends, my loved ones, and our listeners of yours who I care so much about, and you do as well. If this were going to get to hundreds of thousands of deaths in the U.S., and God forbid that it does, I don't think it will, and here's why. It seems like this virus has been in the U.S. for longer than we've thought. Likely two or more months. Yep. If it was going to get that bad, why wouldn't it have already gotten that bad? And what this president did early on is restrict travel from China. Which he was called racist right. for doing. That was racist, too, as well. according to the Democrats and right. many and their, their comrades in the media. <laughs> he restricted travel from China. He put together this tax, task force. He's been pushing private healthcare companies, pharma companies, and the NIH to come up with a solution. And it appears like that this thing is still spreading, but it's spreading at a lower number, at a lower rate than everybody feared. That's what it appears like to me. God forbid that all changes on a dime in the next couple of days or weeks. But as I'm sitting here today, based on all the information I have, based on the meetings in the White House, based on the briefings that we receive on, you know, on the phone and on, and, uh, and on email, I believe that this is contained in the U.S., that this is mostly critically bad for people who are over 70 with other underlying conditions. So this, this is really crucial. So, and, and a lot of people have already signaled back how they appreciated just the fact that we delivered yesterday on America First on the radio show. So the people who are primarily at risk are people in their 80s. The average, Italy is the most disturbing of Western nations. The average age of fatalities in Italy is 81, right. the average age. So that's the, the primary risk cohort is those 80 or above with pre-existing conditions, especially pulmonary conditions. In fact, the president was right, which has now been confirmed by CDC and others. Most people who catch this form of the coronavirus, which is the family of the flu viruses. This is a version of the flu. Most people who contract it, who are healthy, will not even know they had it and will come through the other side with minor symptoms and not be the worse for it. So that's the reality. 22 dead. If you look at just the statistics of people who drown every day in America, that's three days' worth of drowning. We have 3,000 people a year die from drowning, not related to boating accidents. So let's get a perspective. Now, what's perhaps more important right now is getting a grip on what the markets are doing. Now, you're a former 
you know, you're, you're, you're a guy who understands the markets. You understand what's going on right. in Wall Street. The circuit breakers kicked in yesterday after, a, what was it, 7% drop in That's the market. That's what it is. The first circuit breaker, 15-minute break after 7 right. minutes down. Uh, seven, so, 7% down. Um, Rush Limbaugh had a whole show on this yesterday where he said, this is more about Russia and the argument over oil prices with Saudi Arabia. Um, what, what is, as somebody's lived in that world, right. Boris, what's going on and how much of this is, what, what, did, what, what was that phrase, um, irrational exuberance? How much of this irrational is... Irrational panic. Right, how much of this is, is, is just not fact-based reaction? So I'll preface this by saying that this is not stock advice, okay? I'm not giving folks financial advice. And if, and if you're into that stuff, right. buy now. I'm not into it, but if, if this, this is when stock, stocks go down, this is when you buy, if you're into that stuff. Some would say buy now. Others would say that there could be more down to go. So I will tell you that there's never been a history in the stock market where 20-year periods were negative. So let's start there, okay? <laughs> okay good. So the long-term view it's on, a cycle. on the stock market is that it could go up and down year per year, but over 10-year periods, there's only been about 3% in the history of the stock market. And there's about, you know, if you calculate it, there's almost 410-year periods, the way you have to calculate it. Yep. 187, I believe, 20-year periods. So 10-year periods, only 3% have been negative. 20-year periods, we've never had a negative 20-year period. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that if your outlook is long-term, do not panic. Think about where the bottom may be. And then, yes, go back in. I will tell you, I'll, I'll say this publicly. I went in a little bit last week. Now, it looks as of now that maybe I lose some money on that. But you know what? I'm very confident that in six months to a year right. to two years, make money. that'll be a good investment. And here's why. We all remember that we are now up about 40%, maybe 35% from Election Day, yes. November 8th, 2016. Here's what people do not remember. In December 2018, guess how much off the high percentage-wise the S&P was, one of the indices? 20%. It was fully in bear market territory. We are right now about 18% off the low. So were people in December 2018 saying the world's going to die? No. Well, maybe the media, because they hope a lot of the media hopes for it. Bill Maher but, and everybody but else. the reality is, yeah, Joe Scarborough, the reality is, that the American economy continues to be strong. We had great jobs numbers. We have great manufacturing numbers. Yes. And you know what? You're right. On this Monday, we had the Dow go down almost 2,000, over 2,000 points. Well, guess why? Because of the oil prices and the oil companies taking a beating. But long term, does anybody think that low oil prices are bad for business? <laughs> the point I made yesterday. Are bad for Americans? Are bad for car drivers? Are bad for anybody who takes a plane, a train, or an automobile, or a bus? No, it's a good thing, and yeah. it's a driver of the economy. And also, the the market was very high. It was bought to a big degree, meaning that things were very expensive. Now it's come back down a little bit, and I call it a little. You know, and this is a, this is a term, you know, a uh, sort of financial term. There's been a little bloodletting in the market. What that allows is for things to become cheaper, and then they become buying opportunities. And you have guy a guy who's much smarter than us on finance, Warren Buffett who says, I'm not selling. If anything, I'm buying. Enough said. Warren Buffett, uh, that is somebody who knows what he's doing. We're talking to Boris Epstein, Trump 2020 Advisory Board Campaign Advisory Board member, also former Special Assistant to President Trump. Follow him at Boris EP. 
and check out his breakfastwithboris.com website. I'm Sebastian Gorka, sebgorka.com, Seb Gorka on Twitter. And it's that time here on the Battle for 1600 to invite our special guest for the week. Stand by. Welcome back, friends. Every week here on the Battle for 1600 with my friend Boris, we have a special guest this time. It's somebody who you heard on the show last week, Jason Miller. He was the senior communications advisor for the Trump 2016 campaign. Now, along with Steve Bannon and Raheem Kassam, co-host of the War Room 2020 podcast. Follow him on Twitter, Jason Miller in D.C. Welcome back in the studio, Jason. Seb, Boris, good to see you guys. In good fact, to be- I don't know if I've ever seen the two of you in the same place at the same dun, time. Dun, dun. And this is, I mean, you know, it's good to know you guys are separate, but, you know, as Boris likes to bust my chops, I should never have told him this story. I think it was about a year and a half ago, I left the APAC conference and I was walking down and a group of people came up. They're like, oh, it's a, can we get a picture with you? Can we get a picture? I'm like, yeah, you know, must have saw me on CNN, you know, kind of popular and get done. And they start walking away. And someone's like, who was that? And it's like, that's Boris Epstein. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Did you have the bid or not? No, I just had the goatee. Okay. And I made the mistake of telling Boris, and so he busts my chops all the time. So literally, Boris, that picture, they went home and they probably framed it. Like, you know, here's Boris. And they're like, oh, that's Jason Miller. It's the hairline. Push push the mic over this way because I thought I'd adjusted it, but they can't see you. Now push the whole thing. The whole thing. Good. That's it. Perfect. Good, good, good. All All right. right. Excellent. Now we can see you. Now they can see the similarities. That's funny. Yeah. And now we're next to each other. (laughs) All three of us in the same room. In the same room. Maybe the the skies will open up, but who knows, right? This is a big deal. Who knows? Um, Cosmic. We've been talking with, with Boris about the state of things. Uh, on the left, we're going to get your take of that. Then we want to hear about uh, how things are looking for, for Team MAGA. Uh, but first things first, is it true, according to Baron Boris, we call him the Baron, did you tweet something about Hillary Clinton getting back in the race? Jason Miller? Yes. So I think there's something with the Democrat field going on where they put all their eggs in this Joe Biden basket. But he's a terrible candidate. He's unproven. He's been bad in all of his previous presidential runs. And you see, even today, he's at the auto on the auto manufacturing. We, we line. showed the video yeah. okay. of him and shouting to a guy, you know, want to fight me? Want to fight me? Want to go outside? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, no one tells me about the AR-14s. You know, I, I know about my AR-14s. hundred round clips. Uh, right, exactly. And so here's the thing with Biden: he is such a terrible candidate. There is no way they go the distance with him. In fact, um, Jeet here, uh, who writes for The Nation, uh, which don't worry, guys, I read The Nation so you don't have to. He has a very (laughs) smart thought piece in The Nation today about our Dems making a massive mistake of going safe with Joe Biden. So same thing in football. Safe and lazy. Yes. Lazy. Same thing in football. In football, they always say that when you have a prevent defense at the end of a game, all that does is prevent you from winning. That's the worst thing. Got to keep pressure on the other team's quarterback. Joe Biden is such a terrible, lazy, sloppy candidate. I don't see how they go the distance with Joe Biden. This is where I think Hillary, she's out there doing the Howard Stern show. She's out there doing Hulu. She's out there giving her advice on coronavirus. Hillary Clinton wants to come in on the wings. Michelle Obama would be their dream candidate. I think she's getting net, that Netflix money now, so I don't think she'll come off the Never sidelines. happening. But no. you know that Crooked is in the bullpen firing up the broomstick. <laughs> she wants to get back to the He doesn't even call her Crooked Hillary. He just calls her Crooked. I love that, Boris. And that, that brings me back to the 2016 campaign, which 
a lot of what we do on this uh, on the podcast, Jason, Battle for Sixteen Hundred, is we tell stories from the campaign, from the White, the House, White House, where we work together. So this brings me back to those morning phone calls that we used to have every morning. The comms that would have calls. Jason was the leader of the comms team, and he would go through what's going on, and he would refer to former Secretary of State, former First Lady Hillary Clinton as crooked. Just crooked. Okay, no, so, so he's been doing it for a while. Here's what, here's what crooked's doing today. So those of you listening, you just got an eye into the winning 2016 campaign, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Liz Smith, who was the communications director for that wonderful winning candidate, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. 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 She tweeted out, after they dropped out, she tweeted a picture of herself with her team drinking and said, the best comms team in the USA. So what? I, so I see that. Are you that. serious? I see that. And it was after midnight, one night last week, after they already dropped out. They were boozing. She's literally drinking a beer in the picture. So I go to tweet back some of the fact of, I beg to differ, and I put a picture of us from 2016 on from our team. By the time I went to hit send, she deleted her tweet. Oh, no. You know why? Because she knows. You can't be the best team if you're lost. But but Bloomberg's guy didn't, and you got to tweet at him yesterday. Tim O'Brien. The guy who said he was was attacking the president's kids for being bad businessmen. Dude. You're running Mike Blue, the most expensive, shortest presidential campaign in U.S. history. Total flame out. Tim O'Brien, a total mess. He's been fired <laughs> from about a billion publications as the president says a total loser. Okay, he was going after Eric Trump and cheerleading for the market to go down. So I, you know, I, rem- yes. I reminded old Tim about you know the Bloomberg campaign and how it's going. Back to Crooked. So, Okay. Can we just, from now on, I just want to call them Sleepy, Crooked. Let's just do that front. Forget the names. Okay. And let's, let's, because that's branding. Crazy Crazy for Bernie. Crazy, Crooked, Sleepy. I love it. Let's do it. So back to, so back to Crooked. Sleepy is right now leading, right? He's likely going to go in with a majority of, with the plurality of candidates. I think it'll be a majority now. It's like, it's likely plurality and a good chance it's a majority. If it's a majority, how could she take it away from him at convention? So this is this is why I don't buy it. So the the theories of twenty fifth amendment veep, she swoops in, blah blah. So I want to hear Jason why you think crook what what the crooked plan is. Ooh, I see what you did there. Good, like like good, good. good. The crooked plan is if Joe Biden continues to stumble and bumble and fumble along. And they realize that he is just not up to this. I mean, they literally are now to the point where they're putting him on the teleprompter to try to get him just so he doesn't stumble and bumble and goof things up. Again, keep in mind, this is a guy in his late 70s who's been in office for a half century. They're now trying to teach a very, very old dog new tricks. They're trying to get him trained and somewhere on focus here. If he gets that point and we get a, a raft of numbers that start coming through saying that Joe Biden is trailing, the same way they're willing to throw the whole rest of their field under the bus to go and do this, I could see them making a play. But, but what's, what are the mechanics? How does that look? So on the convention, because it's not until you actually go into the convention that you go and vote on this. Uh, look, obviously, if he has the majority, it's going to be very tough here for them to go and pull something. But look, the same way that you have Obama put not just his thumb or his right. foot, but you know, a 100-pound bag of flour on the scale to go and move this thing, they could do the same thing and say, hey, Joe, this just isn't working here. Or look, here's the thing. I, and just ask him to stand down and say, it's Hillary's again? 
I, look, this becomes less and less likely if he has the outright majority. But if it does go to where he has the plurality, but he doesn't have the actual 50 percent. I mean, here's the thing. Just at a certain point, you wonder, is Joe Biden even up for this job? Can he go the distance? And you look at him and I know the politicos of the world like to go do the speculation. These are just mean Trump allies <laughs> who are questioning um, his mental state. He does not look well. He is not coming across. He doesn't know where he is. Right. And this is, again, this is, he doesn't know where he is. And it's not just the small things like we're going to win the House back or North South Carolina. We're going to flip the Senate. Or uh, Super Thursday. uh, Or Obama, um, you know, uh, Biden, Obama. You know, goofing these. It's not just these small things. I mean, he really is, uh, he just doesn't seem to be all there right now. You know what? This is a real question. You know what he reminds me of? What? (laughs) You know, I think we could all say this out loud now. I came from Russia. Okay, I was 11. We came over when I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, little kid, Russia still had those leaders that were all dying. Oh, the Chernyenko drop off who dropped off, and okay. So all this, and, and then by the time I really have a memory, was Gorbachev was younger, but there was still a lot of talk right around about. Hey, remember we had these guys? He reminds me of a member of the Politburo from the late 70s. Early 80s, you know, you know, with Chernenko, they literally had to make up a fake office in his hospital and to pretend that he's still normal. I feel like that's what the Biden team is doing for Joe Biden. They are rolling him out there. The events are seven to 15 minutes long. He is they're mostly closed. And when he's out, nobody has disasters like he did today with this guy who should be a good voter, a potential voter for Joe Biden. But here's the question. So, okay. Say Crooked's on the sidelines. The only way I see it, if he has a majority, is if Obama goes to him and says, Joe, right. it's over. you got to step down. And if you don't, I'm going to publicly say you should. Yeah, you mean, he, you he, mean he, oh, Biden? He's Irish. I want to reverse engineer this for a moment. So why is Hillary? So take away the whole, you know, how plausible is it at convention? Look at Hillary's moves, whether it's the, the Hulu special, because it's not just about that, whether it's Stern, whether it's, um, you know, all the different interviews. She's putting out the coronavirus, um, you know, tips today. She's clearly doing something. What are the tips? I don't, don't know. Don't vote like, for me. Yeah, it's like, you know, don't eat yellow snow or something. I don't don't know. come around me. Yeah, exactly. please. You know, don't, you know, always wear goggles when smashing your blackberries. You know, something that's, you know, very smart like that to, to make sure you don't, you know, get some something in your eye. But here's a serious thing. She's doing all that. It's not just to try to drive people to Hulu. That deal's done. She's already making her money. There is something going on where she's freed Zakaria when she was on his show on Sunday and refused to endorse Joe Biden. Right. And he's like, well, you're kind of out of people. Aren't you like at the end here? And she goes, well, I, I, you know, I'll support the nominee. She clearly is doing this. And here's her thing on Biden. Biden, it's not just his stumbles. It's not just the mental wherewithal. He hasn't been vetted. The James Biden, the Frank Biden, the Hunter Biden. After 44 years, he yeah. hasn't been he vetted. He has not been vetted. All of the family grifting, all of the family self-enrichment, we haven't even scratched the surface of going through all the business. You mean dealings. the conspiracy theories? Uh, no, the real stuff, you know, the, the you know. <laughs> well, the left calls the conspiracy exactly, theories. Exactly, the left calls it. But here's the thing. When they start tearing them apart on this, this is going to get really gnarly for Democrats. They look around and say, uh-oh, we're stuck here unless we want to go back and get crooked. And right. We've talked about this real quick. Yes. We talked about this on a previous podcast. Joe Biden has not been the, at the top of a ticket for a contested race since 1972. Two. And in 72, he beat Caleb Boggs in Delaware. Caleb Boggs wasn't even going to run. Nixon convinces him to run. He had been the senator for many terms in Delaware doesn't think he has to really run a campaign. Biden, at that point, young still, goes and knocks on doors. Boggs is told, hey, you got to do something. They go to put an ad in the paper for Caleb Boggs. 
and then weather hits, and the paper doesn't go out. Right. And just because of that, Biden wins. And since 1972, Joe Biden has not been at the top of the ticket for a contested race. And when he ran in 88 and when he ran in 2008, it's been disastrous. Mm -hmm. And it still looks disastrous now. I'm Sebastian Gorka. My co-host is Boris Epstein. This is the Battle for 1600. Our special guest, Jason Miller. Follow him, Jason Miller, in D.C. And check out his podcast, co-hosted with Steve Bannon and Raheem Kassam, War Room 2020. Last two questions. My, my question first here. Preferences. As a seasoned campaign veteran, as somebody who's got your daily update on things political in America, who would you like to see running against the 45th president of the United States? What's better for MAGA, the Bolshevik who honeymooned in the Soviet Union or the man who doesn't know what day of the week it is? Joe Biden, for a couple of reasons. And I said this when Biden announced last April. One, it's a very similar playbook to 2016. It's one we've already won with. It's a familiar one. When people go focus groups that are being done right now, when they get to the, the verbatims at the end, give me your open-ended thoughts about Joe Biden. Things that come back is he's been there too long. He's part of the establishment. He's part of the swamp. So the negatives are already there. The negatives are built in. Now, they're not at the level that they were with Crooked at this point in 2016. We have to build those up. But people look to him as a bridge to the past. They look at him yeah. as he becomes the status quo. Trump, even as the incumbent, becomes the change agent. That's why I like Joe Biden is that. The other thing, too, is Bernie Sanders, look, I like to make fun of him. I like to mock him. He has a real dedicated base of supporters. In fact, new, about. new polling out in the last 24 hours shows that Bernie right now had a Trump in Michigan, Trump ahead of Biden in Michigan, just because of some of the base. Here's the one thing to keep in mind, too, if we get Biden. If we get Biden, that means that the it's not just the Bernie bros, but it's kind of those populist, hardworking people who believe in Bernie Sanders. Uh, they just have a, a little bit of a philosophical difference with where Trump is. Trump is going to get 15, 20 yes. percent of the Bernie voters. At least. A lot of them are going to stay home. So if we have Biden, in my opinion, we get the best of all worlds. Interesting. I want Joe Biden in the worst way. Fascinating. Last point, Boris. My last question is this. We know what we're going through with Corona right now. We also know that pol the political view, political memory is very short. Impeachment was not even two months ago, and now we've almost <laughs> forgotten crazy. about it. What do you think, sitting here today with all we know today, is going to be the political impact in November? What's going to be the political impact in November of this coronavirus and the response? Easy. I, we'll end with an easy one. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> Lay up. Uh, look, I think President Trump is now a wartime president. I think this is different. That's good. This is different than like any other war our country has ever faced. And after the terrorist attacks of 9-11, our entire notion of a state versus a non-state attack changed. Now we're in this 21st century war where this doesn't have borders. It doesn't matter if it's an ally. It doesn't matter if it's a foe. This is something that's attacking our safety. It's attacking our economic security. President Trump is a wartime president. I think this could change the dynamics of how we look at 2020. We thought it was about the economy. Now it could be who's going to best keep you safe. That's a very easy construct at the moment against Bernie Sanders because it's crazy Bernie. Joe Biden, if he continues to come across as unhinged, and look, Mike Bloomberg is out there today making an announcement about coronavirus tips. Joe Biden's not saying anything. He has no ideas. He's in the, yeah, even right. though he's been in office for half century, he's remarkably quiet on this. You even have Hillary offering up tips. So the fact of the matter is, uh, it, this election could be based on who is going to best keep you safe, both health and economic security. Just in the same way, 2008, we thought it would be a foreign policy election, ended up being about the economy at the last minute. Folks, the terrain can change under our feet real quick. As I tweeted out, was it this morning? I think it was this morning as we recorded this podcast. Who would you prefer running the country in our response to coronavirus? 
a man who's lived in the real world for more than 52 years as a successful businessman, or a woman who sold 20% of our uranium to Russia, <laughs> who was responsible for the deaths of four Americans in Benghazi and c- committed at least 108 felonies with her unsecured email server. Man, it was close. We've been talking to Jason Miller. Follow him, Jason Miller in D.C. on Twitter and his podcast, War Room 2020, with Raheem Kassam and Steve Bannon. And, of course, my co-host. We call him the Baron. He's Boris Epstein. Follow him, <laughs> Boris E.P. on Twitter. And if you're enjoying this free podcast, The Battle for 1600, check out my subscription service, Gorka's Cabinet, at sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Join my cabinet today. Anything you need to plug? Anything else, Jason? I'd uh, love for you to check out War Room 2020 uh, that we have on the podcast. Also doing War Room Pandemic along, as you said, with Steve Bannon and Raheem Kassam. Uh, great show. Uh, started it on January 25th. We've been doing uh, the daily show. Obviously, War Room Impeachment went back to the fall. Uh, appreciate the, uh, the downloads and the ratings. Wonderful. All right. Catch you guys next week. God bless. And just be sensible, please. God bless.